0: simpler we are three pastors husbands and fathers on a journey to make life simpler by holding Jesus as the core for every belief and practice this journey has shaped us to be more like Christ freed us from the shame of failure and encouraged us to a deeper love of our Lord and God we invite you to join us in the discussions that have shaped and continue to shape our lives but they're like between a hundred and three hundred dollars, like depending on the size of these sets. So I put some of those on there, and I'm not getting any of those for sure. But I was like, let's see. Let's well, I mean, I know we're past Christmas, but breaking the illusion a little bit. Why wow. I didn't get those.
1: <laughs> 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 Please put that on there. A little
0: yeah, clip. A little zoom, zoom into my wink. I just
1: I just want your wink to be now a clip that we use for all sorts of stuff. <laughs> you know, like just Hey, gotcha. <laughs> um, I uh, I I just I don't I don't know. I don't care about things very that much. That whole anymore. phrase was yeah. kind of funny. <laughs> I just
2: i don't know i don't know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. it's like there's a whole dialogue going on behind the scenes that nobody yep. gets a glimpse into mm-hmm. and you just get mumblings <laughs> of it
1: <laughs> it's all in my head it's uh oh i can't tell you all that story i wonder so i
0: just Being recently recorded. started using remind like me a, to
1: tell you a story on our way home okay. <laughs> about last wednesday night bible study i
0: just recently started using well a couple months ago an ai uh editor for some clips and some stuff like that i wonder if i can type in like like label you as like speaker number, speaker number three speaker number three speaker number three, speaker number three <laughs> and be like any time any grunt <laughs> it just pulls out, pulls out every sound you make that'd be awesome and just have a whole episode of you being like ah i, mm, are, mm, I, ah. I don't know i just <laughs> i just uh. <laughs> that'd be funny <laughs> we'll Or would be
2: anytime I miss say a word. Yeah, that's right. Well, All got, of them.
1: <laughs> We've done enough uh, video recordings for community group that when Colin puts me into chat, GPT or whatever it's called, mm-hmm. he he's done it enough with me now and he's called it Ryan. Ryan says this, Ryan says that. That, that when, we st- when we, Yeah, so when we started recording the uh, Simpler Bible stuff last month, he was wanting to create descriptions for each video. Mm-hmm. And he would say, make a description for this video in Ryan's voice. And it comes up with stuff, and I'm like, hey, that sounds pretty good. He goes, it's basically just ripping you off now. It's just saying what you would say. <laughs> this is what you would say. Yeah. So, because we have like over a year worth of videos that we've created for church, mm-hmm. for community group that is all fed into chat GPT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now it just knows how I would say things. It's so great. It, it just
0: knows you, man. Well, hey, well, speaking of AI, let's go over to the PCC. Let's go to the PCC, everybody. Pierce's Culture Corner, come sit down, get comfy. Have a good time. We're gonna keep talking about AI. I thought you were gonna talk about the Tesla truck. I got really excited, dude. Actually, I should have, but we won't do today. It. We'll do it another one time because um, I've got I've got more thoughts. I'm a little bit sad and happy about some of the things. But anyway, well, now I'm excited about Tesla. But so <laughs> so, so uh, AI, right? We're talking about uh, artificial intelligence. So one one of the things that popped up on my feed uh, a while back on on X was. Um, the death, the death of the influencer. How social media influencers are going to be no more because of AI. And I know that that's that's usually the clickbaity thing concerning a lot of AI things. Like, well, one of the one of the first ones was like graphic designers. There's no, no going to be no more need for graphic design because AI can just do everything. I'll tell you what, AI is a brilliant, brilliant tool for for uh, graphic design. And I don't think I think that just as we kind of I think we talked about that originally like a year or so ago that I think we're going to see AI use more as a tool we're going to see a lot of people use ai to make and do things such that that are kind of that are okay to just put in the background so for instance what you're saying about feeding feeding our community gathering videos into chat gpt and asking for a synopsis that's so we don't have to spend an extra five or ten minutes typing up a synopsis into youtube to help our search results and algorithm mm-hmm. and things is that this thing this ai software essentially watched, took in the information from the video compiled that information into a couple paragraphs and we can just pump it out copy and paste it we're good to go Same thing. what i was saying earlier like i can i can watch our episodes over and over and over again and try to get 30 second clips here and there or I can feed that into an AI machine and say, cool, hey, give me some clips, give me some good clips. And, and actually what's cool about this one, it's called Opus Pro, um, is they will rank it based off of like engagement like this. Like, and they'll say they'll have like percentages of like how it plays into the entire episodes. So like, mm. They'll say this one we believe is a 98% good match for what you're wanting for the, for this episode. And then they'll, they'll type up the... the um, the subtitles and I will go in there and kind of make it look better and things like that. But there's an aspect of like, still I'm in control of it utilizing it as a tool. But what's really interesting is this one popped up: the death of the, of the social media influencer. There is now a modeling agency that creates oh, yeah. AI models and they have their own, uh, Instagram accounts, and they they will get brand deals and things like this. And so there's a there's a company creating another person using AI, or creating the image of a person, I guess I should say, using AI, and then utilizing that image to be a social media influencer. So one of the ones that popped up is uh, I don't know how they pronounce it, but it's basically AI Tana. I don't know if they say uh, Itana is her name or Itana, um, but She's this. She's this pink-haired girl. You can see her. So this is this is a completely fake. That's AI. AI. AI rendered human being. That looks like um, a human. It looks like a real human, right? And so they uh, they said that on there. The article that I read said that this this Instagram model, this social media influencer, makes between eight and eleven thousand dollars a month based off of brand deals and things like that. Whoa. Yeah. So this there's just there's a team of people creating this uh, creating this. Image of a person and putting them in different circumstances. So, for instance, she she, she quote unquote she posted the other day that she went to the Blink One Eighty Two concert, and so they had a rendering of her in a Blink One Eighty Two t-shirt, and then had some clips from Blink One Eighty Two, and so it looks like this person's re- living a real life, but they're not a real person whatsoever. Wow. I know it's crazy, right? So, that one of the things they're saying is that um, somebody uh, I can't remember who quoted who was quoted, and I don't know if it was somebody from the agency. I think it was somebody from the agency they said that they got tired of having to search through so many stock photos or having to worry about hiring a model that they were like how can i get the exact image i want the exact thing that i want to represent what i'm trying to do i'll just use ai and so they began to create models using ai and they were able to get the exact image they wanted, the exact hair color they wanted, the exact feel they wanted, utilizing a fake person, right? So you actually do like what he just said is, I don't want to hire somebody because that's too difficult. I don't, I don't, I don't want to participate and give somebody money for this. I'll just do it myself. And then they create their own rendering, right? And so what's more interesting about this versus the graphic design aspect is this is literally from that perspective that did lose somebody a job because he said, I'm not gonna go hire anybody anymore. I'm gonna do this. And so then I think from if I'm remember correctly i could be misquoting the um the article and i can post that wherever if people are interested in it uh from that point on he was like well i can create essentially create a modeling agency based off of the these fake models so it is interesting while well, tie on one little thing and i'll wrap this up real quick one of the things that some people have said is that there will be it's still just still images it's a lack of life well i'm seeing more and more Easy apps that are taking a basic uh, wiring of a skeleton, and you can program in. I can record Micah doing some uh, uh, throwing a disc, right? I record you doing a disc, upload that into the software. You create a basic wireframe of you. Then I take ten pictures of my of Ryan, excuse me, all around his body, and I upload that into it. And I can now apply you throwing a disc, that basic wire skeleton, to his image, and now it looks like he's throwing the same disc you are. So. In theory, which people are already doing, I shouldn't say in theory, what people can do then is create an AI fake person and apply movements from real people to that. now it just looks like she's doing it. And so you take the famous TikTok dances, for instance, and that gets so much traction that go viral. And now your model just went viral because she did the TikTok dance, That's even crazy. though she didn't really do it. I know. Right. So we're reaching this day and age where virality models, um, content creation. A lot of these things can just be created by robots in the background and people feel like they're real because they feel so real so i'm interested to see how it's i don't think it's gonna i don't think it's gonna replace real people i don't think there's i think that things are going to evolve just like things have always evolved i think that there's going to be the the the, the perfect ideal quote-unquote ai situation that, that the real the these 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 ideal situations that people create and then there's going i think people are going to my personal thought is that people are going to embrace uh the imperfections and embrace mm-hmm. grunginess of of real humanity yeah, of yeah. the rawness of real humanity then then what's going to happen inevitably is that ai is going to try to mimic that <laughs> then we're going to be in this cycle right so interesting for sure uh, i'm curious to see how that's going to go along but uh, if you're interested in seeing more of that modeling agency they have two models live now it's i think believe it's clueless.ai um so go check that out if you're interested did
1: either you, of you guys see the movie 21 years ago called simone Mm-mm. i remember yeah hearing about it but so not it. it's it's exactly this it's mm-hmm. uh so it starts al pacino and he's a movie director and his star and he have a falling out and so she doesn't want to do the movie anymore he can't find somebody to replace her so he uses an ai program to create uh a character mm-hmm. and everybody's so enamored by this character on the screen who acts so flawlessly that he's all computer programmed and so People want to see her. He's her representative, her agent. He's like, well, she's really reclusive. He creates all this stuff. She gets more famous than he does. He's created this AI deal. So long story short, he does a lot of things to try to discredit her. He makes videos of her saying horrible things and, and people are like, wow, she's so honest. You don't see actresses like that anymore. <laughs> so eventually he takes, he dumps all of her computer programming. He takes all the stuff that was her, Simone, mm-hmm. and dumps her at sea. And then he gets arrested for her murder. And there's these there's this video footage of him hauling a trunk out and him, like there's all this video footage and it looks wow. like he's dumping her body. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, but it's the whole thing that she's fake, right? The Mm -hmm. whole thing. And so it's funny because 21 years ago, you're like, that's pretty funny. That could never happen. And now here we are.
0: (laughs) People making bank. And we think about like one person creating these two models. Now you got 20 grand coming in a month. Mm -hmm. It's not a team of models anymore. It's just one guy with a computer. Like it's wild. It's crazy. Um, But we're not talking about, we're not talking about killing robots or AI or making money. Ryan, what are we talking about today?
1: Today, we are talking about, uh, just kind of what does the bible say happens to us when we die what what's the next thing where do we go what are we like what do we expect and it's uh it's a very broad topic there's a lot of little pieces in the scripture i think that play into it but i don't think that most of the time we think about all these different pieces that play into it so uh, ryan don't we just become angels when we die <laughs> well actually pierce no so <laughs> i know so uh It is funny to me i guess in a sad way how many christians when or people who purport to be christians i'll say it that way when they lose a loved one they'll put something on facebook like heaven gained another angel today Mm -hmm. no they didn't uh we are we are not angels Uh, based on first corinthians 6 we are higher than the angels based on hebrews 2 and which is quoting psalm 8 Mankind is given dominion even over the angels. Um, they're higher than the they're created a little lower than, than the angels for a while, and then they judge the angels eventually. And so, like we're we're not angels. We're not like angels. Angels are not better than us. The goal isn't to become an angel. But I also find that a lot of people will have kind of different viewpoints. So uh, they'll they'll say something like, you know, my grandmother died, and she she was always baking. She was making something for everybody, and so they always say, I know she's in heaven right now. She's baking something for Jesus. No, she's not. Like, that's, sorry, Jesus doesn't give a crap about your grandma's cookies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's such a weird view, and it's um, it's such a low view, such a it low is. view of heaven, such a low view. It, it's it's almost as though we think that heaven and the glorified body and the resurrected the the resurrected believer in the presence of God, that what. Everything we have to look forward to is a house where we don't have to pay electric bills and an oven that always smells like chocolate chip cookies. And and you know, like a, a good version of the earth is kind of like what yeah, we've- that's what I was gonna say, is it's us
2: taking things that we enjoy down here and saying, let's make that for eternity.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I heard a preacher once say years ago, I was probably in my early twenties and he said something along the lines of, if you enjoyed football on earth, you're gonna enjoy football that much more in heaven. If you enjoyed golfing on earth, you're mm. gonna enjoy golfing that much more in heaven. And I'm like, where, who's playing in these football games in heaven? And where do you even get that idea? And what was really funny is like... How do you pick teams? Right? <laughs> Everybody's perfect. Do you, it, Is it a perfect offense or a perfect defense? I mean, you're like, <laughs> like wait,
2: my glorified body is way faster than yours is. <laughs> yes. So
1: what's funny about that is like, it, it wouldn't work because... It couldn't be that you each scored perfectly on your offensive possessions mm-hmm. because then it means the defense is failing, yeah. right? So it's a it's a stalemate. No one ever moves from the 25 yard line. There's yeah. a kickoff and then, no, because it would have been, been a run back. It would have been a run back. The football games in heaven are literally just kickoffs and run backs for touchdowns. That's it because everything's perfect. I don't know. It's dumb. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and and people will say these kinds of things. Oh, well, they're fishing in heaven now. And it's like, well, poor fish, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, I, I always think it's funny. Like, have you heard the people who are saying like, oh man, my dog's in heaven now and he's just happily chasing the squirrels. And then somebody goes, well, what about the squirrels? You're like, oh, dog heaven is hell for the squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> that squirrel hell. <laughs> if you're a bad squirrel, you go to dog heaven. <laughs> you know, makes sense, right? Yeah. So squirrel heaven has to be this place where there's all these nuts that you can constantly bury, but also be able to find, and no dogs. <laughs> yeah, and no dogs or cats. But it's just
2: or it's, kids with BB guns.
1: <laughs> it's just funny how we think about these things and how we we try to make heaven. I don't know, more familiar to us mm-hmm. instead of making it something that is the fullness of the revelation of God. Like you think of first Corinthians 13, where at the very end of it, it says that then speaking of the return of Christ, then we will know him as we are fully known. Like there, is, there is an understanding of God that comes yeah. with this, that's bigger. And so a couple of things just to think about.
2: Can I give you a point real quick? Yeah, go. Um, it's actually dangerous, I think. I agree, because for it to have such a low view of heaven? Yeah, because we, so every religion I'm aware of has some kind of folk viewpoint of what their heaven is like, their eternity, their next life, if you will. Um, And and I think that the folk version of Christianity is what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. This isn't the reality. This is like this folk version of heaven. So the reason it's dangerous is because you have people who hear you talk about heaven like that, and then their viewpoint is, wait, wait! You're telling me I put my faith in Jesus so I can go to heaven and smell my grandma's cookies the rest of eternity. So, like, you're you're, you're right. putting the scope of the gospel in the form of your version of heaven. So you your might good th- memories. You whatever. might think it's yeah. like innocent to just. Ha- I just like having these thoughts. It's not innocent. It's no. dangerous because you are you are in essence saying God, you are not
1: what you actually are. You were yeah. saying like I don't actually view you as the reality that you and, are, and, and you're not enough. Right. Like, how many times have you said mm-hmm. in the last few months, Micah, like, why is, why is Jesus, Jesus not enough? enough? Right. And so the same thing with heaven, like, why isn't gaining the fullness of Christ in the presence of Christ, seeing God and knowing, why isn't right. that enough? Well, I'm just thinking like,
2: yeah, it's not enough. And then people think, well, I'm just going to post this on Facebook because it makes me feel good. It's not really doing any danger. It is doing danger because you're misrepresenting Jesus, yeah, you absolutely. jack wagon. Is that what you said? <laughs> <laughs> is that what you say? No. Oh, somebody I don't, says that. Jackwagon. That, right. that, that, so that was silly. such a harsh start. I was like, oh, are we going there? <laughs> I don't I know what I've ever said Jackwagon. Somebody said it recently. I Let's thought it was see. Really Jackwagon. <laughs> it's such a booger bear. Like, <laughs> such a booger bear.
1: But man. I think like that's how I feel about it. That's like, The it definition a, of Jackwagon is a slang insult meaning worthless or lazy that may have originated from the... The nickname of a 19th century chow wagons in a wagon train. Okay, then it's fitting. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Lazy butt. Like, stop it. Like, stop giving people
2: a wrong perspective of Jesus through your, like, make you feel good (laughs) posts and comments. It's
1: dangerous. Making them. All right. Uh, uh, derived from a freight or chow wagons used in the late 19th century, they were <laughs> often the last wagons in a wagon train making them the least favorable to drive due to the dust, the waste and the debris from the front of the train. When used as an insult, it refers to one's lack of intelligence <laughs> implying the insultee is cap- the insultee is capable of no more than operating a chow wagon. That's so this
2: is <laughs> a fair, fair assessment. You're
1: doing it wrong, you jackwagon. <laughs> okay. I don't know where I, heard that, I heard that recently. But yeah, I have no idea really, where you heard that, but now really we're all funny. wiser we're all for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: So but that's why I think it's dangerous because you're misrepresenting well, Jesus.
1: I'm so excited now because in a couple of weeks, uh, f- for the next couple of podcasts, we're gonna we're gonna look at Proverbs, and we're gonna look <laughs> at we're gonna look at the the person who is the fool verse in contrast to the person who is wise. And we're going to look at the sluggard in contrast to the diligent. So for the whole episode, we do that one. I'm going to call him the jackwagon instead of the sluggard. <laughs> so that's fun. I love it. But anyways, that's yeah. Before you get going on
2: that, I just think people need, people need I'm to know that now. people need to know that this isn't just an innocent thing you're
1: doing by making no. these comments. This is yeah, a misrepresentation yeah. of Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> jack I'm, I'm stuck on that now. You sluggard, you jackwagon. All right. I ha- I have not, to my knowledge, heard that term.
2: Yeah.
1: Thank you, Micah, for I really thought it us. was you that said that. That's well, funny. you know, I-, I like that every few episodes we're in- introducing a word a or language. a phrase or an idea <laughs> here uh, on on the podcast. And so for January 2024, it's jack wagon. Everybody try to use that in a sentence today. Uh, yeah, so a lot of little pieces to talk about. And I'll be honest from the outset here, I don't really know how this all fits together perfectly. I just, one of the things that I'll say is we have to take all of the pieces of the scripture that are available to us. So we need to go where the Bible goes, but we also have to stop where it stops. So, like, it's not necessarily helpful. I think it's okay for us to speculate a little bit or have questions amongst ourselves, but it's not necessarily beneficial to land on a speculative position. So we go where the Bible goes and then we stop where it stops. And so, a couple of things. that that i want to address one of the things that i think i think super important in the terms of addressing is when people say well when you die you go straight to heaven and i think we have to start with asking the question by what do you mean by heaven and Mm -hmm. so um if if you mean the presence of god if you mean paradise like jesus says to the thief on the cross or abraham's bosom like we see in the story in luke um with lazarus and the rich man okay maybe but i th- i think what most people mean and we talked about this on a pod- podcast sometime in the last year or two years but uh what most people i think mean when they think of heaven is the new jerusalem what's described in revelation mm-hmm. as the the new jerusalem coming down and colliding with earth the new city the new people like the people of god like in splendor and glory with their glorified bodies i think that that's what most people think of mm-hmm. and that doesn't exist until christ returns when Christ returns. And after he's reigned a thousand years, then he takes this present heavens and earth and makes it new. There's no more sun, moon, or stars. There's no more sea. And he has now built the new Jerusalem. New new Jerusalem comes down into the earth and he has made all things new, including giving people their glorified bodies. Mm -hmm. That is typically what I think of when I think of heaven. But for the sake of discussions, what I've started to do is call heaven where God is, wherever mm-hmm. God is is heaven and then started I've started referring to uh, revelation 21 and 22 as the new jerusalem mm-hmm. just just for the sake of conversation if Paul calls it the third heaven yeah mm-hmm. so so just just for the sake of conversation I think it's easier and and if it's okay if y'all don't have any kickback against it for the duration of this conversation let's call heaven the place where God dwells and then the final version of everything in revelation new jerusalem is it's that fair. okay mm-hmm. all right so so, do people go to heaven? Uh, there are, uh, first of all, a, a lot of people point to Paul in 2 Corinthians 5, and they misquote it. Um, they, they say that 2 Corinthians 5 6 says, we are, if we are absent from the body, we are present from the Lord. That's not actually what the statement says. Let me back up a little bit. Paul is talking about himself and Barnabas specifically. And he is talking about the preaching of the gospel that they have done. And he is talking about the persecution that they have received. And he says, we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. So he's talking about the duty that they have of discharging the gospel to the world. Mm-hmm. And he says, it's been tough. And he's, he then talks about the persecution they've received. And then in chapter five, he says, we know that if our tent, his earthly body is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made, from, not made with hands eternal in the heavens. And then in, this is 2 Corinthians 5 two, in this tent, in this body, in other words, we groan longing to put on our heavenly dwelling, which is the glorified body, I think, that we'll see here in a moment in 1 Corinthians 15. He says, if indeed by putting it on, we may not be found naked. That's really interesting. We'll come back to that. For while we are still in this tent, this body, we groan being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed so that what is mortal can be swallowed up by life. He says those words almost exactly word for word in 1 Corinthians 15. And then he says this, verse 5, he who has prepared us for this very thing is God who has given us the spirit as a guarantee of the glorified body. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Uh, I I misspoke earlier. It's verse eight. Yes, we are of good courage and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So people quote that verse as if you're absent from the body, you're present with the Lord, which is not what Paul says. He says, I would rather be away from the body and present with the Lord, which is perfectly in line with what he says in Philippians one, I desire to depart and be with Christ, which Mm -hmm. is better by far. So he, he doesn't,
2: Sorry, I'm misunderstanding the distinction between those two that you're making.
1: So I'm I'm just talking about like people. People have a, a view. They read this verse and they say to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And there is there is it seems uh, in their mind it's new body, new Jerusalem. Like they associate the finished version of everything in Revelation with this. To like, hold on, I'm building it out. Okay. So 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 Paul says. I desire to part and be with Christ, which is better by far. He's also said here he doesn't want to be found naked. Uh-huh. He wants to be further clothed. So there is, there is we see in 1 Corinthians 15, it talks about uh, the flesh and blood body. This body cannot inherit the kingdom. Mm-hmm. So that takes away our view of grandma up there in her night smock making <laughs> chocolate chip cookies for Jesus. But uh, why she's in her night smock, I don't know, but that just felt appropriate. You're painting the whole picture, man. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's not
2: unfair. Probably most grandmas were like making cookies with the yeah. Were those called mumus? Yeah. Well, like <laughs> it, yeah.
1: that. Probably the reason I said it is because that is what I picture my dad's mom. She was a heavyset woman who was always in her long nightgown baking something yeah, yeah, always, yep. and it's just what I picture, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're gonna be baking, while I'm baking yeah, right? the yeah. comfortable. Yeah, be comfy, yeah. you know. So, so then it says that this body, this body. Is sown perishable, but it's raised imperishable. Mm-hmm. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory, it is sown in weakness, it is raised in power, sown a natural body, raised a spiritual body. This body doesn't inherit the kingdom. We get a new body. And so here's why I think that it's interesting. We know, we know if we keep reading in first Corinthians 15, he s- says in verse 50, I tell you, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. I tell you a mystery, we will not all sleep. In other words, we won't all die. But we will all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. The trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall be changed. And so 1 Corinthians 15, 1 Thessalonians 4 speaks of a resurrection. We know that there's a resurrection of the dead. Revelation speaks of two resurrections. One, those who are are martyred for the cause of Christ in the days of the Antichrist will be raised to reign with Christ for a thousand years. And after that thousand years, the rest of the dead will come to life. So there are two resurrections. So here's, here's kind of my holistic thought about it. It appears to me, and that's the best I can say, and you, you can shut mm-hmm. me up really quickly when I'm wrong here. But it appears to me when Paul says, I'm in this tent, I want to be in that tent. I don't want to be naked. I don't want to be found naked. To me, that speaks of the space between sh- shuffling off this fleshly body and getting the glorified body at the return of Christ but there there's a space in between the two bodies there's a space in between the fleshly body and the glorified body and that would be found naked now I, I don't think that that means you're unaware i don't think that that means that you're that you don't know what's going on if if we look at the story that that Jesus shares of Abraham sorry uh, the rich man and Lazarus and Lazarus speaking with Abraham in this time and the and the rich man says go and tell my brothers, you know, what this is all about. And he says, no. And he goes, they'll believe somebody if he's raised from the dead. He says, no, they won't believe somebody if they're raised from the dead. If they don't believe the scripture, they won't believe if somebody's raised from the dead. So all the pictures that the scripture gives of resurrection is that people are in a place prior to the resurrection, but also aware that they're in that place. They're not just asleep. They're not just, uh, it's not like the soul sleep that I think the Jehovah's witnesses land on or whatever. Mm -hmm. They're in a place. Now I do not believe from the scripture. I do not believe that the righteous and the wicked are in the same place. Um, so you get into places like first Samuel 28, where Samuel has been raised from the dead as a spirit to speak to Saul. And he says, you'll be with me tomorrow. I don't think he's speaking about where Samuel actually is. I think he's speaking about death. You'll be with me in death mm-hmm. tomorrow. Yeah, But there, there's all these interesting things we have. So wait, backing up real quick. Yeah. Back to my
2: question. Cause you said you were building. Yeah. Go ahead. I still don't understand the distinction between those two thoughts because your implication was, my guess is you're actually answering the question based on your experience. So you've okay, heard go. people say to be away from the body and at home with the Lord means this. Yeah. And so but I thought you started by saying the implication in the text is not that when you're away from the body, you're with the Lord. That's what I thought you said. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, mis, I'm misunderstanding maybe the distinction. So like, it sounds like you've got, you've got this conversation Paul's having that you're explaining, Yeah. but then you're, it, it feels to me like you're answering the question based on experience, what people have said rather than got what, it. so like, I don't, I don't feel like there's a distinction between you haven't pointed something out that makes me think there's a dist- distinction okay. between being away from the body and at home with the Lord. Yeah, um, I understand the nuance you're talking about of being clothed, like that. That's yeah. later, but you've also said that doesn't mean you're not there or yeah. unaware, right? So, like, you're. It sounds like let me let me clean it up because I th- I think yeah, I understand go. what you're saying. I think what you're saying is people's Help viewpoint of when I die is that I immediately get the glorified body. Mm-hmm. I immediately get to be part of this new Jerusalem where. Um, Heaven comes and crashes down to the earth rather than understanding that there is this time in between that, that if you die now or have died, that there's this in between that we're not really sure exactly what happens. You're making the case that it's possible that what Paul means by unclothed or naked is that time, but it doesn't, it doesn't negate, and this is what I want to clear up. I don't think it negates that the implication of that passage in first Corinthians is that if you're away from the body, you're at home with the Lord. Uh,
1: Yes, Uh, because... I don't think we're with the lord the way people think we're with the lord yeah that's what i mean okay but what you said was
2: it sounded like you were saying that we're not with the lord it sounded like you're saying we're not and i don't think that's what you're trying to say because i think what people really want to know is like i feel like it's an easy distinction to say well when you die you're not going to get the glorified body yet yeah so but but what people want to know is they don't really care about that yeah i think what they want to know is what happens to me when i die which we can't give a specific answer for
1: but what you're not saying is that if you die right now as a believer that you won't be with Jesus. Correct. There's something interesting about it though, right? Because in Revelation, the people who are martyred for the cause of Christ during the Antichrist reign, it it says, I want to say, uh, Revelation six, but don't hold me to that, where it says that these souls that were martyred for the cause of Christ are underneath the altar and mm-hmm. they're crying out to God, they're lifting up their prayers to, to God, their blood. yeah, to avenge their blood. And he says, I can't until the full number of you is brought in. So mm-hmm. the martyrdom hasn't finished yet. Yeah. But he gives them then their white robes, mm-hmm. uh, which we've talked about this before. So there's this giving of the white robes to those who were martyred with Christ, and then in Revelation 19, he has an army of people in white robes at his heels, which the implication seems to be those who were martyred in that time period. Mm -hmm. But what in the world is that like? Because like, I don't know how all that works with the glorified body and spirits and white robes, or I don't know, there's so many pieces, right? So one of the things that I, I I am sure of is that there is a resurrection. I think we're all very comfortable with that. There is a resurrection of the just and the unjust, the book of John says and the righteous to everlasting life, and, and the wicked to everlasting condemnation. And what's interesting is, uh, you'll remember maybe in Matthew 22, when Jesus is talking with the scribes and the Pharisees, or the scribes specifically, and they say there's no resurrection, he says, you don't know the scriptures. And so, many, many years ago, I started going, okay, clearly the Old Testament speaks about resurrection. Where does it speak about the resurrection? One of the most clear places— is Isaiah 25, sorry, Isaiah 26. Isaiah 25 actually speaks about the return of Christ, but Isaiah 26, he says this, he says, your dead bodies shall live, their bodies shall rise. You who dwell in the dust, awake, sing for joy, for your dew is as the dawn, the dew of light, and your earth will give birth to the dead. Come, my people, enter into your chambers, shut the doors behind you, hide yourself for a little while until God's fury has passed. And so he's talking about enter into the grave for a little while until God's wrath is done, and then you will rise like the dawn. And then over here in, in Job uh, 19, one of these texts, I love this. Job says in Job 19 25, I know that my redeemer lives, Christ, of course. And at the end, he will take his stand upon the earth. And even though my skin has been destroyed yet in my body, I will see God who I will see for myself and my eyes will behold and not another how my heart yearns within me. And I think, wow, what a cool picture that he's like, look, I'm going to die and Christ is going to take a stand upon the earth. And even though this body has been destroyed yet in my body, maybe glorified body, I will see Christ. I'll behold the resurrected Jesus. Uh, and then in Job 14, he says, As a man dies and is laid low, man breathes his last. And where is he? As waters fall or fell from the lake and a river wastes away and dries up, so a man lies down and rises not again until the heavens are no more. He will not awake nor be roused out of his sleep. So he says that man will die and will not be raised from the dead again until the heavens are no more, meaning new heaven, mm-hmm. new earth. And so there's all these things that, that point to this resurrection. And I think what people do, what I, what I've heard people do, what I've done in the past is say, I I guess you're just there waiting, you know, like waiting for the resurrection. But it doesn't seem to be that case because for me, uh, you, you have an awareness, you have an awareness in the souls that are under the souls that are under the altar. There's an awareness of what's going on. They're very cognizant of what's happening in the earth you you have abraham and lazarus which i think is that story is is really more about the scriptures and jesus's resurrection but there's nuances to it that i think speak to well i mean even even jesus saying to the thief truly truly i tell you you will be with me in paradise like um there there is there okay so How do I say this? In Revelation 20, in Revelation 20, after Jesus has reigned a thousand years, it says, and this is very, very interesting. It says that, I find it interesting. It says that uh, this is the great white throne judgment and it says death and Hades give up all the dead that were in it and they stand before Christ and then death and Hades are cast into the lake of fire. Mm -hmm. So here's what's interesting. There's no distinction at this point. Everybody who's in death and Hades are cast into the lake of fire, which, they're not in the lake of fire now. Mm-hmm. The very first people, if we're thinking about hell, the very first people that will be in the lake of fire are the Antichrist and his false prophet mm-hmm. in, in Revelation 19. And then these people who are in death in Hades. And I think we get a little bit of a hint of death in Hades in Ezekiel 32. And it's talking about uh, Egypt being destroyed by God and it says this in ezekiel thirty-two twenty. it says they will fall amid those who are slain by the sword egypt is delivered to the sword drag her away with all of her multitudes the mighty chiefs and speak of all of them with their helpers out of them out of the midst of sheol they have come down they lie still the uncircumcised slain by the sword and then verse 22 it says assyria is there with all of her company in the graves fallen by the sword verse 24 elam is there with all of her multitudes in the grave and then it says in 26, Meshach-Tubal is there. And then it says in verse 28, Ebel, uh, sorry, Edom is there. And then it says in 30, the princes of the north are there. And then verse 31 says, when Pharaoh sees all of these, and this is wild to me, when Pharaoh sees all of these, he is comforted for his multitude, Pharaoh and all of his army slain by the sword declares the Lord God, for I spread terror in all the land. And so... Here's this judgment that God is pouring out on Egypt, that he's also poured out on Assyria, that he's also poured out on Elam, that he's also poured out on Meshech Tubal, that he's also poured out on Edom. And he's saying when Pharaoh gets to Sheol and he sees all these utter, other enemies of God there, he's comforted somehow by that, that he is with all these other people who hate God. And it's like, whoa, that is wild. This isn't this isn't uh, the king of Egypt and the king of Assyria and the king of Edom. Uh, with P- Daniel and, and Job and Isaiah and Jeremiah, who, this is wickedness. These are mm-hmm. people who are contrary to the things of God. And I, I at this point, speculate, because they're not in the lake of fire, that I'm sure of. These are the people who are in death and Hades, separated from God. And so what we see is that there is a picture where those who are separated from God are already separated from God, and those who are in Christ are already with Christ, but there's something incomplete about the picture yeah yeah does that make sense yep the the picture isn't complete until revelation 20. it's still we're still
2: in the middle of the story to some degree or part of the story the story is not completed yet and maybe that's what you're speaking to is the distinction between like people's full viewpoint of what heaven is even if it's like based on some scripture where they're thinking like i'm gonna have the the glorified body right away and yeah so like i think there's there's nuances obviously in this conversation that are difficult like we're not yeah. gonna i know us three are not gonna be like we got this sucker nailed no no i
1: don't for sure um
2: i think the like you said a whole lot in the last the last little bit so like so your your thought is help me yeah make sure this is right um what you're saying is is there seems to be a distinction biblically between the people of faith and the people who aren't of faith
1: there as, absolutely is a distinction. as to
2: what happens when they die yeah Specifically, there's a like whether you believe whatever you believe about where people go when they die. The thing that seems to be very clear is that there's this distinction between people who've, who've put faith in Jesus and people who haven't, yes. And so, there's also
1: language in the Old Testament that just speaks of the grave in general, death yes. in general,
2: yeah, 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 sure, sure. Um, and so, you're really what you're combating with the uh first Corinthians thing is people's viewpoint that when I die and away from this body that I somehow have all the things that are coming later in the story. Yeah. we um, we automatically but,
1: finish the story,
2: but you're not by any means saying that means we're not with Jesus. I think, no, that, I don't know what shape that takes. Right. But that
1: people yeah. seem to be with Jesus. Seem to be. Yeah. And now, yes. Th- those who have died in faith, right. Just like those now. who, right. I think you could, I mean, I'm saying now
2: because I think you could make an argument that that wasn't always the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That there that I don't think I mean, I I would lean this way. I don't I don't think that when Abraham died, well he go ahead went to be with Jesus.
1: Well, here's what's interesting, right? Because Jesus says, Abraham longed to see my day and rejoiced to see it. Mm-hmm. So there's some implication there in John eight that Abraham saw the coming of Jesus, like saw it happen. There's an awareness, right, that yeah. Abraham has that Jesus is coming to the earth. Yeah. Uh, which can't happen if Abraham's just in some, you know, weird place or whatever. Does that make sense? Like, does that make sense what I'm saying? No, no, no. Okay, so so, uh, (laughs) so I, I would argue that Abraham was with Jesus because when Jesus is arguing with the Pharisees in John 8, he says, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He longed to see it. And then rejoice, yeah when but the premise
2: it. of you saying that is the assumption that if he's somewhere else he can't see that
1: right well I, I just i just mean that like okay i see what you're saying so you can't
2: make that statement definitively no, you're right it's an assumption
1: he's still aware that he there, there's an awareness he has that jesus's time has yep. come to come to the earth right which means and i think that that's where some people get are, are we just unaware like no there right, seems right, to right. be a very big awareness and we would argue that uh that moses and elijah meeting with jesus on the sermon on the mount wasn't a figment of the disciples imagination no they were actually there in spirit yeah. and in some sort of a those body.
2: are the things that make me think that they weren't in what we so like for the sake of our conversation now what we're calling heaven is what paul probably calls a third heaven in first corinthians 12 where god is where jesus is and there seems to be where people go now yeah um my the reason i would lean that people might not have been there prior to jesus's resurrection is that there seems to be this consistent thing in the mm. Old Testament where people like come back to the earth, like when Samuel's raised or when Moses yeah. and Elijah meet with Jesus on the on 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 the, the mountain. Like there's there are these things where like you don't see that, yeah, you don't see that post resurrection, you don't no, see that true. where
1: like so it's total it's total assumption, but this is a reason I would well, lean that way. Okay, to your point in the resurrection of Christ, it says that many of the graves of the saints were opened up and they came and they spoke, right? And so there's something different. So which would make sense then which would make sense as to why David says over and over again in the Psalms, the dead don't praise you. The dead don't give you any honor. Like, why would you see me die at this point? Because the dead don't give you any glory, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's something, there's just something different. And, and I think that what we do, all right, to your point, there's probably another category we need to have I've, in this conversation. I've always felt that way. I, I, I so, mean, we've we've debated this
2: for a while. It's three. Yeah. You guys, I think, are in a different camp than I am on this one. But like, I I feel like the story of the rich man and lazarus whether it's an actual story or not is a description of a real thing it's either a real story it, or it's a description of a real place
1: it it's absolutely a description of a real place based on the last chapter of isaiah
2: okay cool so I, so maybe you flipped then because <laughs> when we first yeah. talked about that you're very much not in that camp
1: well i i I was probably too strong against that camp because I don't think that's the main point of the text.
2: No, it's definitely not.
1: Uh, And I think that that was my defensiveness on it back then. So So I think that's, uh, yeah,
2: yeah. I think I, I lean towards that being the other category that, so I think that there's, that's where people were prior to the resurrection of Jesus. Yeah. It was in what we call Abraham's bosom.
1: Sure. So, and, and I think we can, we can think that and not be definitive on that. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. So here's the, here's the thing is that, uh, I I don't know. I, I think I think we think of death and resurrection in a very narrow frame of reference. And I think we have to expand that a lot. Yeah, a yeah. whole lot. Yeah. Because I don't know exactly what it means that there will be two resurrections, apparently, of the righteous. That mm. that those who are martyred for Christ will be raised to reign with Christ for a thousand years. And then There, because even, even in Thessalonians, he says, uh, we who are alive when Christ returns will not precede those who died in Christ, but the Mm -hmm. dead will be raised first. And if you lay that over revelation, it has to be those who were martyred for the cause of Christ. And then we will be joined with them in the air and will reign with Christ. Right. And then after the thousand years, there's another resurrection. Wait, wait, wait. Why are you saying that's the dead in Christ? The
2: martyrs? Like, why is it exclusive to them?
1: Uh, I, just from the just from the account of Revelation that the first resurrection is, you think that First Thessalonians could be the end of the thousand year reign? I
2: mean, it's conversation to be had. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, I was I was curious why you thought it was so exclusive that the dead in Christ was exclusive to the martyrs, because you I, would have to say I would put First Thessalonians four at the beginning of the well, thousand. Year I was going to say you would have to make that premise bef- to make that assumption. Yeah, yeah. But the, I'm, that's what I'm asking. Is like, what's the reason for that?
1: Uh, because of the language of the trumpet sound. And that's all given in Revelation nineteen prior to the thousand year reign. Right.
2: So like Oh, sorry. I'm not saying the dead in Christ is at the end of the thousand year. Sorry. Oh, okay. Sorry, my bad. I was asking why you were saying the dead in Christ is exclusive to the martyrs. So like So
1: the the first resurrection is really clear that not all the dead will be raised, but only those who are martyred in the period of the Antichrist. Those are the only ones who are raised in the first thousand years the first resurrection. Mm-hmm. And then after that, the rest of the dead are raised. That's why I'm making that argument because revelation argues that, that the first resurrection is only those who were martyred in that time period. Okay. Side conversation. I think we
2: should have, cause that's really interesting. I have a lot more thoughts on it. Cool. That I don't think is going to be beneficial for this <laughs> podcast. Cause I think what people really want to know is like what happens to me when I die.
1: Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that, uh, Golly, I, I just think it's more messy than we've made it. I, I think, I, I don't know. I, I think. No, no, no. I think actually I, I flipped that. Okay. Because
2: what you're calling messy is just because we don't know the details. Like we're, okay. we're having to make assumptions based on like little tidbits. Yeah. Um. I think the simple, the simple thing that people need to know is. Look They're you, with Jesus. If you put your faith in Jesus, you're with Jesus. Yeah, right? yeah So yeah, that's yeah. what I mean is like. Gotcha. I think if we remove the folk viewpoint of heaven. Mm-hmm. And just know, I'm with Jesus, and I'm not exactly sure what that looks like in the timeline of like when I get yeah. the glorified body, that kind of stuff. Um, that's where I think the confidence goes. So I think it, yeah. I think actually it's simpler, and or it is simpler. And what you're calling messy is just because we don't know the details
1: confidently because we're having to make there's assertions a, from little yeah tidbits. there's there's a lot more pieces at play than yes. we've typically been taught but, I think what but people that get, doesn't change the fact that those who die in christ
2: are with christ right i yeah. think what people get freaked out about is like because they don't they hear you like let's just say for example they listen to the all the chaos of what we just said and people are like <laughs> i don't even know what you're talking about and they're like but what happens to me see i think it's where we miss it is like the simplicity is hey you're gonna be with jesus yeah, yeah yeah absolutely like let that be your confidence listen your hope actually rests and maybe this is the shift your hope doesn't rest in what happens to you your hope rests in the fact that jesus is coming back yeah Yeah. that you have you've been given the spirit as a guarantee of your new body of what he says And because
1: christ was raised from the dead we'll be raised from the dead. Mm -hmm. yeah
2: second corinthians 15 sorry come on
1: or was it first Corinthians? First Corinthians 15. Okay, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Second wow. Corinthians only goes got, to chapter 13. So yeah, if, yeah. if you start preaching from second Corinthians 15. Well, we Pierce and I have been working on it.
2: <laughs> yeah, we're trying,
0: <laughs> we're trying to get it all together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was one time in my old youth group, somebody, one of the, the pastors said, turn to Romans. And there's a new guy going there and he goes, first or second? And he was, because he was legitimately confused because he was, just saw, he saw there's so many first and second. Yeah. So he was first and second, first or second Romans. And then the pastor was like, wait, what? <laughs> what, Bible, what Bible are you reading? Man? What is this? <laughs> Hold on, man. Wait a
2: minute. Just wait, wait a minute. Yeah. I, I think I, there that, is a very interesting conversation about that stuff. So I'll say this. I think it would be really interesting, really interesting for us to revisit this after we have some more conversations later. Yeah. Just to give thoughts. Because I think people mm-hmm. are actually interested in our thoughts on it. Yeah. And I'm happy to say these are just our thoughts on it. Yeah. yeah. Um I I'd be I would I would never like stand confidently on most of my leanings like this, you no, know. What
1: no, I mean? no, I I feel like there's too many I don't know, loose pieces yeah. that I don't know exactly Which how what you're fit. calling
2: messy. So I think yeah. it'd be a fun podcast to do later
1: like yeah. once we get it it's, once we get it, it I, I, talked I think about a little more. You you said that I I forget how you said it a minute ago the adjective that you used, but I all the crazy stuff that I went through like Jack wagon. Jack, <laughs> Jack wagon. I don't think that applies here. <laughs> Sorry, my yeah, man, my man. Okay.
0: <laughs> Just same uh, words, Micah said.
1: Yeah, but uh, <laughs> the idea that I, I think what I want people to do, I appreciate you bringing us, grounding us, Micah. But I, th- I think what I want people to do is recognize that there are more pieces at play than the. How did you start it off with the poor view of heaven that people have? What was the word you oh, said? Oh, like folk viewpoint? Yeah, the, this folk view of heaven. Yeah. Like there are more pieces at play here. Yeah. And if our theology doesn't take these things into account, like what are we teaching? What are yes. we, yes. you know what I mean? Yeah, they,
2: it actually is, it actually is a jackwagon situation because I think the reason people because have that lazy. <laughs> viewpoint literally is because yeah. that you say mace, messy, Macy. You say oh, messy. So micey. And, and people think. <laughs> yes. That's not something I could ever really understand, and so they and just we avoid, don't understand. They, well, they avoid the conversation. So mm-hmm. instead of saying, "Here's what I know," the scripture says, mm-hmm. they go, "I don't know anything about it." And so then they end up with this folk viewpoint of heaven because they don't yeah. have any ground to stand on. So I think it is actually being lazy. Yeah, that you're you're you have that viewpoint of heaven is because you're you're so freaked out by. Well, here's how I know. Just as a clue for anybody that's listening, I can tell you right away whether or not you have any any like ground to stand on in this conversation. If you say revelations, I'm done. Like, <laughs> there is only one revelation. If you say revelation says, I'm probably not even going to talk to you because
1: you're like, you don't I'm even, you don't even freaking read it. Cause it's what, there's no S you jackwagon. <laughs> yeah. So the, the point that you made Micah is correct. That when we die, we, we are in the presence of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, I would argue that we're there in spirit and not in body. Uh, We we do not have the flesh and blood, that's not there. I think one of the big mistakes that people make is when the four-year-old dies and the 89-year-old dies, they picture a four-year-old in the presence of Jesus and an 89-year-old in the presence of Jesus rather than a spirit in the presence of jesus right. this eternal kind of right. creature and we don't know we have no idea what it you know like? always messes people up because they'll they they want to have this
2: viewpoint of people when they die like that's their last viewpoint yeah <laughs> it, it's a little bit morbid, but i'll always ask because someone's like well that's got to be what you're like, and, you know in what mm-hmm. they call heaven and i'm like what about the what about the dude who got like eaten by a, a wild animal. Yeah. <laughs> what about the person who got crushed?
1: You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. are you saying that they look like that? Just a for... little bit better version? Yeah. You, you know what people always say to me? They always say, "Well, Jesus looks like he looked but with his scars and his glorified body." And I I always go, "That wasn't his glorified body." No. Yeah. Because because everybody goes, "Well, Jesus was glorified and and two things they say, "Well, he walked through the wall into the upper room so that a locked room. I'm like, he also walked on water. Like, (laughs) It's it's not you don't get know, right? it. I want to walk through locked doors so, in heaven, man. Uh, but the the thing about it is that Jesus says to Mary when she finally recognizes who He is in the garden, she falls down and grabs His feet. He says, "Don't touch me. I've not yet been to the Father." Jesus wasn't glorified at this point. Mm-hmm. The glorified Jesus looks like He looks in Revelation nineteen. Yeah, and and so people always point to Jesus and go, "Yeah, He still had his scars. We'll still have our scars." No, my goodness, Jesus is not in heaven glorified in flesh and blood. He was resurrected. He was I think resurrected. That's what this is yeah. This is resurrection. This is resurrection, but not glorification. This is his body died and
2: that body was resurrected.
1: Yeah. And uh, it, which is, yeah. And that's the promise that we have. But also these bodies don't inherit heaven. Flesh no. and blood don't get there. Mm-mm. So we get new bodies. And and Jesus, the way he looks in Revelation 19 is very different than the way he looks at the end of Matthew. And you're like, okay, you know, it's a little bit different. And so I, I just think we... There is this sense too. I think people forget that there there's
2: some nuance. Like a Hebrew says that angels are ministering spirits sent right. to uh, what is it like serve those S- who inherit salvation, will inherit salvation. So like, and sometimes angels show up in the Old Testament in what appears to be a human form. Yeah, uh, when when uh, when the sorceress or whatever necromancer raised Samuel, mm-hmm. there was something recognizable. Yeah, uh, when when Jesus was on the mountain. There was something recognizable. And I, I, don't,
1: I, I always wondered how they knew that that was Moses and Elijah right, because know. there's no photographs. I mean, somebody had right. a drawing of them. So <laughs> <laughs> Wait yeah. a minute. Hold on. That's <laughs> So, but point being like there's people want to
2: make these direct correlations about things that they don't really understand. So, like, yeah. to your point, I, I'm not sure Jesus is always the best example for that because yeah. Jesus did miraculous things prior to. Right. His resurrection so like it's not shocking that he would just walk through a wall i mean why are they why are they shocked by that but not when he's in the crowds and then he's just gone
1: he disappears like that's a lot
2: farther than just walking through a wall so like (laughs) but but there are times in the old testament when someone who probably is spirit to some degree is some kind of recognizable form so i don't think we should make direct correlations and say our understanding is, is based on those correlations. It has to be like, I don't know what's going on here. Yeah. What I know is they recognize it was Moses and Elijah. They recognize it was Samuel. Yeah. Like there's, you know, there's spiritual things that are going on. I don't know when, when, when Elisha has his servant's eyes open and he sees the armies of heaven. Yep. Like, I don't think that those armies of heaven are just only there for that moment of time. No, They've been there the whole time. Right. So like there's i've heard other stories like maybe anecdotal but like there was a time when uh, egypt was at war with israel i think in like a modern time and apparently at one point the egyptian egyptians god so bad dude they jump e- out of their egyptians. they jump out of their tanks and start running and oh, the wow. Israelis captured him and said, "What were you running from? Because there weren't that many Israelis. And they were like, uh-huh. we saw the armies. And you start to wonder, like, yeah. wow. was this a situation where their eyes were opened? In the si-? So yeah. I don't think that those armies go away No, after Elijah had. A, so that's what I mean is like, They're there's there. things going on that we don't see, we're not aware fadden. of. Yep. We, so we shouldn't say like, well, I have this little understanding. I know. And so I'm going to make my, that, that's the correlation for my whole theology of what. We have such a small view of the spiritual world. Right, so let our confidence rest in this. I'm with Jesus. Yeah. and I'm, The Spirit's in me now. I have a guarantee of the body that's to come, yep. but I, I am his. Yeah, He will not depart from me. He will not let me go, and I will be with Jesus forever.
1: Yeah, and I, I think it's really interesting, like, I'm coming back to this, but I think it's really interesting that he doesn't say death and Hades gave up their dead, and then some went into heaven and some went into the lake of fire. Everybody in death and Hades went into the lake of fire. Mm-hmm. Um which has to I think indicate at least a possibility I feel it very strongly that that there's a different place for those who are of faith and not of faith prior to the lake of fire in the New Jerusalem, yep like yep. If, if the Lake yep. of fire and the New Jerusalem were the final resting places it 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 doesn't make sense to me, and I'm using some anecdotal context from the scripture, but it doesn't make sense to me that then we're all in the same place prior to the lake of fire and mm-hmm. like so I don't know, I, I argue that, yeah, you're, you're with Christ. It's different than you're picturing it in your head. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to tell you to picture it in your head because we don't have enough information or pieces to know that. Yeah. But we have to take all the pieces that the scripture offers us and allow our theology to be shaped by that, our language to be shaped by that.
2: Mm-hmm. Another interesting thought, just to make it a little more, uh, what you say earlier, um, messy, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Isaiah six, mm-hmm. um, you just see the heavenly beings yeah Mm -hmm. revelations four yeah there's non-heavenly
1: beings as post-resurrection of jesus yeah interesting okay so even in uh even in job one and first kings 22 when we get glimpses into heaven it's heavenly beings it's spiritual beings uh but revelation john the revelator he is seeing all the people gathered around Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm
0: were you putting an s on revelation as a joke right there yeah <laughs> it's i'm just gonna say it it's for the i know you're not you know did you say you know what you're talking about man you just said revelations <laughs> oh, he did earlier yeah he said revelations for him and i was, I wanted to laugh but you kept going and i was like shame I don't want, on you i Mike. just want to laugh gonna over. Say it from re- forever now. <laughs> revelations
1: you don't even know what you're talking about that's how you know that's <laughs> how you know someone's a
0: jack wagon <laughs>
1: they're seeing
2: revelations. There's a lot, yeah. there's a lot to this conversation. There's, you know, what's funny is there's going to be some people who are like, dude, I don't have any idea what you guys are talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's going to be other people who are like, Oh my gosh, I've wanted to talk about this for so long.
0: Yeah. One yeah. well, huge encouragement for, for I think on either end of the spectrum is allow your confidence to rest in Christ. I think, I think we've, we've, we've talked about it throughout this whole episode as, uh, as well. But I think that when it comes, when it comes to death, it's crazy. The amount of people that have like such, firm stances that aren't biblically based um or they're completely ignorant and like and there's a level of, of complacency in that um and and not allowing theology to be shaped by um what the scripture does say mm-hmm. in regards to death in regards to the return of christ i read in a regards, book about
2: a kid who died
0: oh, gosh, exactly and, and so i think life. i think in every in, in any circumstance we need to we need to get to the root of it and say our confidence is in christ we are nothing can snatch us from his from from his hands we we have life in him and that goes beyond this body that goes beyond here and now what does it look like i don't know but here's some of the pieces that we have but it has to start so earlier you guys said that that we want to continue the conversation um and we've we made very clear what was assumptions based off the text versus what the text clearly says and i think that we have um confidence and groundwork in the midst of that because it's all coming from from a foundation of understanding we know we'll be with Jesus and we know that Christ will return one day and we know that new Jerusalem will happen. Here's the things that we do know our confidence rests in who we are in Christ and our, that our life eternally will be with him yeah. um, forever and ever and ever. And now within that, let's take these pieces that we have and we can confident or we can, uh, in the midst of us being confident, we can, we can say, I think this might happen. I think yeah. this might happen. And it's all coming from a place of here. I know it's all coming from a, from a foundation of what we know and we're saying, this is how my, this might play out based off of this text. This is how it might play out in this text. But we're not um, flippantly discussing eternity. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, just throwing around, what if, yeah, yeah, what yeah. if, what if, what if? It's all coming from a groundwork of we're going to be with Jesus. Yeah. But here's what he says here. Here's you're what he just says gonna
1: here. How,
2: you're just going to be naked. You're just going to be naked, naked. Naked. Hey, I thought about it. I actually agree with you. Okay. The dead in Christ thing? Yeah, yeah. I think I'm landing where you're yeah. landing. Sorry, cool. I was just I was processing no, that while you're saying no, that. We're no, like, no, it's totally fine. Uh, I can't remember exactly what
0: that part of the discussion was. I don't oh, think so was, we've,
2: we've never talked the about the different that resurrections. Yeah, yeah. We've never talked about what that specifically is. Yeah. But I think you're totally right. Yeah. So well, first and, resurrection, martyrs,
1: well,
2: yeah. Second yeah, resurrection specifically those
1: else. who don't bow their knee to the beast. It's mm. it's a specific context. Gotcha. And they don't receive his sign on their head. The barcode. Yeah. The, the chip. Yeah. It it was funny because my boys, and I love this, I love that they're having these conversations and maybe it's because of you Pierce, I don't know, but, uh, and youth, but the other day we were just talking and somebody, it was Riker, my 13 year old just turned 13 last month and, or end of November. And he was saying, he goes, everybody's always worried. Like, you know, when's the end of the world going to come and when are all these bad things going to happen? When's the antichrist going to do this or whatever? And he's like, but. Jesus is coming back. (laughs) <laughs> it's a good and, perspective. And, and I'm, like, perspective, I'm yeah. like, that's correct. I yeah. was like, buddy, that's brilliant. Like, I'm an adult man who's just really... <laughs>
2: I'm an adult. <laughs> <laughs> who's,
1: just, who's just reshaping my <laughs> thinking away from... We have so many Christians talking about, oh man, I'm worried about the Antichrist. I'm yeah. worried about the Mark of the Beast. That, let your attention be on Christ and his return. It's so funny to me, the Mark of the Beast thing. It's, it's like, you know what?
2: I don't really believe the Holy Spirit that lives in me is powerful enough. Come on. Like, oh, oh my God. Well, there, it, what <laughs> people miss is that
1: the believers... I know this is a different conversation, but what what people miss is that the believers in Revelation have been marked on their forehead by God. Mm -hmm. Quit worrying about it. It's not going to happen that you're going to accidentally get the mark of the beast. (laughs) The vaccine was stupid, but it's not the mark of the beast. (laughs) Hey, I went to HEB the other day and they were handing these things out. Is this the mark of the beast? Did I get that by (laughs) accident? Dang it. (laughs) There was a guy (laughs) handing out these three free things on my way out of the store.
2: I'm glad Jesus saved me, but I could screw it up if I put shit in my hand with my credit card information on it. Mm. i heard at one point somebody was saying that uh social security numbers were the mark of the beast oh
1: no yeah social security numbers historically aren't that old
2: yeah it's not very old yeah
1: so it's got to be right
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. wow
0: so what are your thoughts on death everybody <laughs> <laughs> uh I I know our prayer revelations is a good read. Revelations is a good read. (laughs) Uh, I know that our prayer is that our prayer kind of surrounding the entirety of the podcast is that people would find um, peace in the simplicity of the gospel and the truth of who Christ is and what He's done and who you are in Him. Uh, But even more so in this, like just 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 even even kind of mirroring uh, Paul's heart talking to 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 Thessalonica, like um, that death shouldn't worry us like we shouldn't be worried about our, our life is securing christ here and there and forever like in uh, if, if he you,
1: desires to depart and be with christ which is better by far
0: yeah if you if you uh if if we get to we get to witness the return of christ and we see we see all these things take place here now before we uh we die that's awesome and if we die prior to those things, we're still going to be with Jesus and, and, and witness those things happen and see his glory and see the new Jerusalem. And so we're not going to miss out on things. And so I think in regards to death, I understand that, that, the way that our culture works, uh, there's so much stress and worry surrounding all of those things. But as Christians, we can take hope and confidence in the fact of who we are in Christ and how that will last forever mm-hmm. and ever and ever. And one day we will, our faith will be made sight, and we will dwell in His love, and we will dwell in His grace, and dwell in His light. Um, and we can take confidence in that. So don't allow um your view of death to be coated in worry, um, and fear, but rather confidence. Yeah, in who you are in yeah, Him. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, sweet. You know who makes me confident? Steven. I don't know. Steven. Uh we're at the Garden Audio as always. Um go go find Steven on social media at 87 Realty Group. Him and his wife are over there selling houses, talking about realty realty real estate and stuff. I can't even say words. Realty. Uh realty and uh, go see what they got going on over there and if you if you aren't interested in giving their page a follow, just leave a comment, shoot a message, say, "Hey, thank you for for recording and making and making Uh, The Simpler guys look and sound great. (laughs) And hey, while you're over there, follow at SimplerPod. That's where you're going to find everything for us. And if you're ever interested in uh, suggesting topics, uh uh, wanting to hear more of us are here wanting to hear more about what we have to say regarding a topic if you have any specific questions reach out to us through social media at simpler pod on facebook and instagram that'd be the the best and easiest way to get a hold of us if you don't have our phone numbers and hey uh, also 2024 it's january 2024 uh micah is fundraising and preparing for events for the year through excuse me through eagle's wings he if you guys don't know uh I forget how we said it last episode, but Eagle's wings is like church planting within the, what I'm
2: doing. It does a lot. Like the part I'm doing is we're basically doing church planting ministry on the disc golf pro tour.
0: Disc, excuse me yeah church planning ministry disc planning ministry church planning ministry uh, on the disc golf pro tour and so you've if you've listened to Simpler for a while you've heard different stories of Micah traveling and teaching uh, at different disc golf events disc golf tournaments uh, as well as building relationships within within those places uh, to see the gospel made known to see the kingdom grow um, and to see people come to know Jesus through, through encouragement through encouraging believers on the tour as well as seeing people come to Christ and so there's a lot of great things that happen on the Disc Golf Pro Tour A lot of great ministry that's happening And we get an insight of it here Listening to the podcast through Micah And if you want to be more involved in that And help Micah uh, with, with traveling expenses And all the things that go into that Go donate at micahmariano.com There's going to be a tab, it's Donate uh, You can go through there, click the Donate tab You'll see a memo, uh, fill out the memo For Disc Golf and and give to to his ministry And continue to listen to something Because you're going to hear what God is doing Through that awesome ministry, it's great um, And hey as always, keep Christ as core. What could be simpler than that? Catch y'all next week.
1: Bye. Little flippy floppy.